Hey, Sean. Hey, man. So there's a problem that I have recently discovered from living up in the Great White North, and it's not the cold temperatures. It's not the short, short days at this time of year. Um, it's not the fact that I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's those goddamn deer. No. <laughs> Let me tell you. Those deer. Okay. I'm, I'm getting my, this is going to be a start of a, uh, another power tool rant. No, <laughs> I was getting my lawn ready for the, the cold winter that we're going to have, right? Trying to get ready to do one last cut. And I spent 45 minutes, I kid you not, shoveling deer shit off of my lawn because it's, it's everywhere. And I never thought that in my life I would be, you know, spending my afternoon shoveling crap off my lawn from some large animal. You don't really think about it when you're dealing with squirrels and stuff like that. I That's mean, true. It's a, a sad day. Sad, sad week. But uh, what do you do with all this crap? I just threw it across the lawn, across the road. <laughs> I used to when I was a kid. Sometimes when I was be, being lazy about like cleaning up the dog poop, I'm like I'm talking like when I was like ten years old. I would like dig holes in the garden and drop the dog poop in there instead of picking it up. The or thing is, it doesn't fling it over dissolve. the fence with the yeah. It, it, that's the problem. I thought like, do I just let this like fossilize and deal with it in the spring? But it, then it would just. It wouldn't really work out that well. There, what movie was it that uh, there was a, uh, it's called Vaporize and it was like a spray and then it would make the poo disappear. Oh, that was Envy with uh, Jack Black and That's Ben right. Stiller. So, yeah, I wish I had some Vaporize right about no, now. <laughs> no, no, stop that. No, I, I can't even look at you right now. That was so bad. <laughs> Why? You know what's not bad? <laughs> What's that? This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Your your weekly rant reminded me of just how bad of a movie Envy was, and I'm pretty sure Christopher Walken was in it as well. I think wasn't he was, he? yeah. But I'm disappointed, Sean. I set movie. you up for like a great segue, like, and and you just you dropped the ball. That's okay. I uh, I was too busy just staring at you <laughs> in hopes know, that you would realize how bad your joke was. It's been a while. It's been a while. You haven't seen me in so long that I get it. You're just lost in. My my glow. I haven't seen you in like two weeks, and like I didn't even get to see you for very long. We had a nice little dinner. It was nice. I know. Yeah, I. Uh, you know what? The funny thing is, is when we when I moved up here, I was wasn't expecting to see my friends as often as I have, or like as I normally would, right? Because we're pretty far away. You know, it's a two hour, two and a half hour drive to the airport in Winnipeg and then a two and a half hour flight, which isn't too bad, but still it's costly. Or if we want to, you know, drive down there, it's a two day drive. But I would say in the last almost two years since I've been here, I've seen I've I've probably seen you more times <laughs> like in person in the last two years 
than I had in like the two years prior. I don't think so. We would just Maybe like close, randomly be like, like, hey, do you want to just go to Toronto today? And we would just do that. Yeah, but like I feel like it was it was maybe close, but you know I've had actually so far out of all of my friends, you are still the only one that hasn't uh, come and visit me. Don't worry, it's coming. What's up with that? Lots of things. I know. <laughs> we I'm, I'm, I have I'm a very complex that, schedule. I know. I'm hoping that uh, you know either when you well, I am planning a a good barbecue when you come up here i need more mouths to feed i've been honing my skills with the smoker and uh i'm just i just need i just need more people here because (laughs) because when you're smoking meat you got to do it in like large quantities right and i I only got two mouths to feed here well myself and uh, our listeners new friend alex will be on our way to you probably in the spring where we can be outside as well. <laughs> we don't know yet. We're just, we know it's, we know what's coming and we'll, ha- we'll shoot some footage while we're there. Yeah. You don't want, you definitely don't want to come in the winter. I don't even want to be here in the winter. Yeah. I've, I have made, uh, uh, I feel a, a stronger connection to all the people that actually go down to Florida <laughs> yeah. for the winters. And it's not even that bad in Southwestern Ontario. I mean, it's like very windy there, I guess. Windier. Well, you know, it's like the second last week of October. So a lot of our focuses are like the weather, the weather patterns now are like cold rain. It's just cold rain. It's always dark, cold and rainy. Yeah, I would be okay with that. I love rainy days. I mean, the ultimate rainy days in the spring, the ultimate like fall day, I think is a rainy day where it's like looking gloomy outside. It's raining fairly steadily and I can just sit on my couch in my living room with the window open, like the blinds open and just play video games or watch movies or something like that. And knowing that I have to, I don't have to do anything. You know, I can just hang out inside. I look outside. I'm like, "Hmm, it's a rainy day. I mean, I don't have to do anything outside. And so I don't know, just a little bit more relaxing maybe I guess. I guess like I like a nice like 10 degree fall day where you just like you can go for a nice walk you get that nice cool crisp air everything feels good you're just enjoying yourself right yeah <laughs> now there, uh, there's I, actually <laughs> well, talking about rain though there is actually a term for people uh who, who pe- for people who find like comfort in rainy days did you know that? No, I did not. Okay, hold on. I'm going to look at this up. Oh. Anyways, what well, were you saying? Well, I was going to say, while you were looking it up, uh, I had a friend reach out to me. So they they were a little bit far behind on some of our episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were just like, hey, I heard yours and David's chaotic, like 10-minute rant about apple picking, Subway, <laughs> and girl math. <laughs> And their honest opinion was just, they're like, I don't know how you guys didn't laugh the entire time you talked about it. B, I know exactly how you feel about all three things. And C, it's just like the most unhinged thoughts we had in a while. So they they thought it was pretty funny. Um, they did say, though, that um, we should talk about tipping in general. 
like um, oh, the difference like tipping between culture? tipping. Yeah, tipping culture, like the difference between tipping at a restaurant and tipping at a fast food establishment that asks you to tip. Um, we pulled through a, a Starbucks the other day because, you know, it's almost the end of pumpkin spice latte season. Think what's uh, Halloween ends? There goes the pumpkin spice. And the girl handed me the debit machine. I didn't have the app, so... Like, mm-hmm. I thought I would treat my other half. I ordered her a Starbucks. And they're like, do you have the app? I was like, nope. I'm like, okay, well, how do you want to pay? I was like, debit, please. And they're like, yeah, you'll just have to follow the prompts. Um, there's two extra prompts at the beginning. And they were tipping prompts. I was like, interesting, because the app never asks you to tip. You just scan your barcode. Hmm. And then, like, I thought about it more and more when, like, you, you stop in the food court for a snack or you're you're just like whipping through a BK drive through. I know that you don't have a BK in um, Santa Claus Lane, but it's like this burger place that that's <laughs> McDonald's. Um, it's it's interesting to me because I've never been like looking for it, but now I'm like hyper aware that it exists everywhere you go. You know, now that I think about it, uh, McDonald's. Um, yeah, Burger King, uh, A&W, they don't have, like, the tipping things on on there. But Subway does. Uh, Quesada does. Now, okay, here's the thing, though. So Subway and Quesada and those other places where they, like, make your uh, – where you teach them how to make your sandwich <laughs> or taco <laughs> yep. or whatever. Or burrito bowl, yeah. Is, uh, is that a justifiable place to – to tip i mean is that dine-in well no right like that's the thing is like those things are still considered fast food right like and i think uh i don't know like so i still feel like those people should be being paid like a, a livable wage like a minimum wage uh, or being able to survive off of their hourly wage and not have to rely on tips. Um, I mean, I could justify tipping someone at Subway if, say, I went in there and I'm like, you know what, I'm ordering like six subs and they're making all of this all at once. It's busy, you know, lunchtime, all that stuff. It's like, okay, like that's a little bit extra, but for uh, like, I don't know. It's tipping a, it's culture's a, getting out of hand. Though, it's right? a unique like, thing, like, when we had this conversation, I thought it was a one-off. We laughed. We had a good time about it. And then it got brought up again. I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe, maybe like, maybe I'll think about it. And I, I know like the brewery that I work with, like TWB, they're tip free. So they don't accept tips. They give all their workers a, a, a livable wage. And I, I think that's really cool. There's a restaurant that opened up near me. That's also the same way. So maybe it's a, like a new way, like paying your, your, your employees more. Mm-hmm to avoid the the tippage yeah and i mean like even like at bars bars was a big thing um you know i remember when i was younger we'd be going to the bars and i'd get i'd order a beer right and they would literally take a bottle from the cooler take the cap off and hand it to me and expect a tip right and it's like you literally just opened up a bottle. 
Okay, now I, I gotta I ask get... you this then. Are you tipping in a bar because you feel like the service was good, or are you tipping in the bar because you don't want three dimes in your pocket because it was four seventy for a bottle? <laughs> no, be uh, honest. Like I no, think that's what I a mean, lot of it is. I mean, a lot of the times, like bars will. I've noticed that like a, a lot of bars will change their prices so that yes, like if you pay with a ten, you're going to get like a dollar twenty five back or a dollar fifty back, right? Uh, or you know you're going to have those smaller change or you can tell when the bartenders purposely give you like if you need two dollars they'll give you like a loony and four quarters yeah right like i i don't know i I think some of them get abused on a regular basis so it's like tough as well look i'm like i'm not down talking the idea of tip culture because i think if you've provided a good service a tip should be warranted Mm mm-hmm but it shouldn't be expected, though. That's the thing is, and and that's where the problem lies is that it's gotten to the point where, um, ev- honestly, everything is asking you for a tip. Like, I haven't seen it too much around here, but just because I live in a smaller town, and even like when we go to Winnipeg, don't see it all that much. But I mean, there is a lot of places where, uh, you know, like restaurants will automatically add a gratuity on there. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and I've seen this where it's like, oh, parties of four more has an automatic eighteen percent gratuity, and it's like, whoa, hold up, four people, like, that's a table, that's a standard table, that's a that's standard a table, right? And normally, I, in the past, I've seen those like parties of six or more auto uh, automatic eighteen uh, percent gratuity. Okay, but the problem is, is when these places have that, they automatically put it on there, and that's fine. I agree to it. That's whatever. But then when you get the bill and they still ask you for a tip on top yeah. of that, right? But then the tip is always calculated at the total cost of the bill, right? So it'll be, uh, you know, 10%, let's say 10% of say an $80 bill. Well, that is that $80 bill is already including 18%, right? That they've added auto gratuity. And then they're calculating another, say, minimum 10% tip on top of that 18%, right? So that's where the problem goes. But what's even worse than that is generally before, and remember, like, like what was considered uh, a pretty good tip? Like, for if you got adequate service at a restaurant, how much would you tip? How big's the bill? Uh, let's say you and your partner went out, the bill is $75. You guys had a few drinks, like, Two drinks each, uh, two entrees and an appetizer. So seventy five bucks. You're probably putting a tip of like ten to fifteen dollars, depending on how you felt the service was. So, uh, in a percentage wise, I think what was that's it? That's like twelve to fifteen percent, something percent, right? So I always remember, like when I was younger, it, it was kind of okay. Like a ten percent tip is like the bottom that you would tip. Right. And 10% would be like, you know, I acknowledge your existence, but the service wasn't that great. But still, here's a tip on it 12 to 15, 15% generally being like really good or like adequate service. Like, you know, like I had no, no problems. Like it was pleasant. And then anything over that, it was, was spectacular, exceptional. Now, if you look at like, especially the auto options on there, I've never seen anything in the last like two years the lowest amount under 18%. 
Yeah, it's well, you can always pick other, right? So yes, before, but like normally, like that's why they have those ones there. So you don't even have to think about it. It's like, okay, 18, it would be like 18, 23, 25. And I've actually seen some at a restaurant where it was 50%. And I'm like, yeah, geez. I love how tipping has gone through inflation. And like the crazy part about it too, and like I don't want to talk about tipping this whole episode, but I've I've worked in kitchens and worked in restaurants where it's been a tip share and individual tip out. So like the waiter would get like, or the waiter or the waitress would get like 80% of the tips would be their own and then 20% would be tip share. Mm-hmm. There was another one where everything went to everybody who was working that night. So every single tip between... Um, the three servers, the chef, and the dishwashers all tipped out at di- like at various percentages. So like there was all that kind of stuff. Um, what is the worst tip you've ever left? And you can't say zero. I left twelve cents. Okay, you got to elaborate. <laughs> Somebody's got. Somebody wants to know. I left twelve cents. There was a nickel and pennies. That's what what it was. So. We went, this was years ago. I went to Pizza Hut. Yeah, there was pennies and a Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a dine-in Pizza Hut. We went to Pizza Hut. And honestly, like when you go to Pizza Hut, you're not expecting fast service, right? Like uh, those pizzas take a good half hour to make, you know, from inception to creation, to cooking, to consumption. But you had unlimited access to the salad bar, the garlic knots, and the Sunday bar. So like, No, but they didn't have any of that stuff. You didn't ha- you didn't go to a good Pizza Hut. <laughs> no, I didn't. Anyway, so so we went and it, like it wasn't that like it it wasn't bad, but like the server literally showed up, took our drink orders, took our pizza order, and then left. Brought the drinks by, and then for the remainder of the evening, uh, when it took us probably it took almost an hour for the pizza. It wasn't even that busy in the place. It took almost an hour for it. Uh, someone else brought the pizza over. They didn't even like offer to refill our drinks or anything like that. And then we had to call the server back when we were finished and we wanted to pay. So it was like, we didn't even see the person like more than twice in the entire thing. We were there for almost, almost two hours for literally just a few drinks and, uh, a pizza. Right. And so I was like, you know what? Like, this is ridiculous. And this, they're, they're going to expect a tip of, you know, 15% 15% on this. Uh, I will give what I have in my pocket and it ended up being like 12 cents. Yeah. I think and the worst I ever like, tipped was a quarter. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like, do I feel good about tipping someone 12 cents? Not really. It's a funny story, but uh, it's, it's, I feel like uh, a small tip like that sends a bigger message. If the person is actually like able to comprehend it. Right. So sending no tip at all is just like, okay, either you can't afford to tip or you just you just don't want to in general. Right. But I feel like a small tip and maybe not necessarily 12 cents, but maybe hell, even if you were to do like two dollars, two dollars or something, a small tip shows, you know what? I acknowledge that you've you know, you're you're working, you're doing the job and all this stuff, but your service just was like not worth a significant tip on here. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I mean, I, I personally, like if I were to ever work in a job where I got tips, uh, or tips was like an option, I wouldn't make that really like my focus on the job. Like I'm going to do what I can do. 
if people want to tip, that's fine. It's their option. But I don't like when people get upset for people who don't tip because especially in our, our economy today, you know, people are allowed to go out and enjoy, you know, going out for dinner from time yeah, to time. Right. And the cost of things have, are super expensive, right? For like for two of us to go out for dinner, it's easily going to cost like, well, if we go to the, the, the brewery here, easily nine, $90 just for two people for two meals and like a few drinks. Yeah, look right. at um, we we like to frequent um, a specific restaurant here in Kitchener when you come down, and that's ninety dollars per couple easily. Yeah, so and, it's worth and it. It's and you know it's not that we're going out every week and doing that, but I mean the cost of things are expensive. The cost of things are going up, and and you know it, people are allowed to enjoy their times and relax and go out with friends, and there shouldn't be the expectation that you have to then tip on top of that. Anyways. I agree. Do you know what else shouldn't be an expectation or should be an expectation? This episode of the Cedar Street Podcast. The the (laughs) expectation that video games should be better than their predecessor. And what I'm talking about here. You mean like sequels in video games? No, not sequels. Sequentials. (laughs) <laughs> I'm talking sports games. I'm talking oh. numbered games. I'm talking Mortal Kombat 1. Well, hey. that's the first one. That's the first game <laughs> in the series. So <laughs> uh, I'm talking the fact that uh, I, I hate to, to pick on you, EA, but you've seemed to just make your fan base upset with both Madden 24 and NHL 24. But somehow by the craziest blow of wind, you figured out your new version of FIFA in EA Sports or EA, is it called EA Club? EA, I can't remember, but um, you, you've made a good game in your FIFA replacement. So congratulations on that. But how hard is it to create a game that you you do every year, the fans constantly bitch and complain about, and you still somehow make it worse. I don't understand anymore. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. There's other games that come out with multiple, like there's series that have so many more games than they need, like Far Cry, Call of Duty, um, Forza, Gran Turismo, football, basketball, baseball, golf, all that shit. It's also called EA Sports FC. That's my brain working mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Tell me why. And like, I'm a big NHL fan. And I told David this the other day. I tried to wait on it as long as I could. I tried the game using my EA trial. Tell me why you add information to the user interface, like a pressure gauge that you cannot turn off. So there's just this stupid pressure gauge in the middle of the ice that interferes with your, like the visual aesthetic of the game. Tell me why you can't change the opening cutscene of the game for Be a Pro. Tell me why. Like, what do you mean you can't change the cutscene? Like, as in, they can't animate a new cutscene. They can't make a story. They can't make anything. Oh, it's like the same one from the previous game. Yeah. Or for Madden, as an example, tell me how every year your your Madden story gets worse and worse and worse. I'm talking, there used to be 
a storyline where you had to like, you went on a game show to try and get drafted in the NFL. There was another one where you were like, you were the hero. You're a high school football game. And then it kind of grew on. Um, I think last year's was a, a little bit different. You're like a fourth year comeback uh, quarterback trying to make a return to the game. Tell me how. Now this year it's your pigeon hunter. I haven't even played this year. So you're a pigeon hunter. <laughs> tell, tell me how you can't improve these games. Well, but you expect people to pay seventy nine ninety nine or eighty nine ninety nine, depending on what country they're in. Well, for here's the, the thing, same though. game uh, because laziness on the developers' part, um, and they know that people are going to buy the game. The only way, and this is with any game series, whether it's a sequential game such as sports games, or if it's a game that has sequels, the only time that the th- things are going to change is if people stop buying it. If the sales don't you know, blow the numbers away compared to the year before. I agree with thing, that. And that's the thing. It's like you... You know, you you complain about Madden every year, but you still play it and you still get it every year. Same thing with NHL, right? Like those are you you aren't unique in that because obviously like there's millions of people that will buy the games every year and then also bitch and complain about the same things. You know, the story sucks and they've taken features away or they've added stuff that like breaks the game or whatever. That's that's ultimately what it is. Um, and you know, the, the, there's been a few times in history where developers have actually listened and then they rewrote the, the formula for their games. Um, one being Ubisoft with the Assassin's Creed games. I think they listened on some of the Far Cry games too. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm going to take Assassin's Creed for example, because, all of the assassin early Assassin's Creed games were the same exact same thing, right? Just a different city, uh, different story, obviously, but uh, exact same gameplay. And then, and and people were complaining, like the games would sell, they would do well enough because Assassin's Creed is a is a popular franchise, right? But people were complaining, like it's getting stale, it's it's nothing new, right? Yeah. So. Then Ubisoft actually went on hiatus with uh, with Assassin's Creed, and I think they took off like two or three years because it was a every year a new game was coming out. So then they re-released uh, Assassin's Creed and rebuilt it um, as more of an open world RPG style game with this, the same like stealth mechanics, and that's when they released what was it Assassin's Creed Origin? Yeah. And that was like interesting. It, it was cool mechanics. And I think then they really expanded on that with uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey went into the uh, the Greeks. Right. And then I guess with what was the uh, other one? Uh, Val- Valhalla. Assassin's Creed Valhalla sounds right in the, like the list. It was the Vikings one. And that was a launch title for the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Um, and that didn't do very well. Because I think what was happening is, again, they were getting stuck into the same cycle, right? Uh, and then Mirage just came out, and I don't know what uh, I don't know what that one's about. But still, it's like uh, it; their sales went through the roof after they re- rebuilt it. Yeah. You look at um, Call of Duty. 
right? It's been a turbulent ride, man. It has been, and it still is very turbulent, especially right now. But you look at Call of Duty, and they were all doing like the World War II stuff, World War II stuff, World War II stuff. And people were like, okay, it's the same game every time. Like, we're, we're tired of World War II games. And then they went into like more, well, they got, went to Modern Warfare, like some more, uh, I guess, topical or relevant or more recent, I guess, uh, you know, Call of Duty type warfare stuff. And then they went a little too far, right? Because they're like, okay, people like this stuff. And then they went very futuristic and it started not feeling so much like a Call of Duty game. You mean so then, Ghosts, Black Ops 1 through 3, um, Advanced Warfare? Yeah. And then the one they went to space? Yeah, it was <laughs> all all over the place. But then they listened and then they went back and and went back to the like the modern warfare, like current warfare, I guess we should call it stuff. Um, and like those games have been very successful. Now, I, I think what's helping Call of Duty right now, too, is the fact that they have two developers going back and forth with Activision and Raven Software. But like we've well, had that for a like, long time, though. Yeah, but like Activision still owns it all. It's just the two studios are going back and forth. Yeah. Um, or shall we say Microsoft owns it now? Yeah. <laughs> Depends on uh, a bunch of stuff. But um, when when we look at Call of Duty, the other thing that's super helping that franchise, which isn't helping other franchises, is you have a game that is also attached to Warzone. You have a free-to-play game that is mm-hmm. a gateway drug to the to this franchise. Mm-hmm. You want to just rip some Call of Duty? Go. You want to play the games like matchmaking, TDM, all that stuff? You have to buy the game. And that's the difference. Like if you had something like that for like buy or sell a base game for Madden or NHL and say like, hey, we're gonna do this every two years. We'll update the rosters for two years. That's great. But I want how would that work though? It's like the, the free to play battle royale of NHL would be like, no, no release a brand new game every two years. Or, Oh, so it. you're just, you're just saying like, just to, to, uh, elongate you, the release schedule of games. And do you know what game that I can, I can honestly throw out there as like the Testament that it'll work. Mario Kart eight deluxe. <laughs> that game has been kicking. Since the Wii U. Yep. I mean, like when you think about it, it was a launch title for the the Switch, a relaunch title for the Switch. It came out in 2017, I believe it was. Uh, And the last DLC ever for it is coming out this month or in November. Yeah, yeah. it's. uh, It's true, right? Like if well, what about uh, Rainbow Six? That Uh, game has been out since like 20, 2015, 2015, like 16, right. And it's a game as a service. So you can still buy the base game. You can buy uh, editions of the game that come with, you know, the first like 12 DLC operators uh, unlocked, right? That game, they're just updating it. They're, they consistently update it and add stuff. And, it's doing well. It's doing actually, I would say it's probably one of the uh, most successful games as services um, in a long time. And what studio listened to feedback on that one? Ubisoft. Ubisoft. And that's the thing is, is 
that's what it takes is it takes uh and now like we can we could have a whole episode on you know ubisoft's faults for sure right they're not anything you know like they're not special they're not the perfect developer obviously like they they make games and they've released some pretty crappy stuff but um you know the fact is that multiple times on multiple occasions across multiple uh franchises they have listened to the general population the gaming public and and made adjustments to their their plans and how they develop games and work on them um so yeah i don't know i think uh i'm i'm surprised that honestly that the the yearly release of sports games is still a thing like you'd think that by now they would have gone to that where it's like they release a game and then they just um update the roster for two years um because you have to think about it though it's difficult to create a new game every year and add new features right like but they're, they're not even adding new features they're taking away features well that's the thing it's like they're changing the game right so if after two years though if they're going to release a new game they actually have the time to see okay what works what doesn't work what do people like what what do people not like so they can choose uh, and they have more time to add stuff or take things away um, and really see and, and tailor the game to the uh, the feedback that they're getting from it. I mean, well, like another another counterpoint. Wow, my mind just went totally blank. Continue. I'm going to rethink of the game in like two <laughs> seconds. Holy shit. That just I can't believe that just happened. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, well, like what was the other one? Um, MLB The Show. You know, they did release games on a yearly basis, but because they didn't really like, I feel like there was enough variations in each game up for the last like three years or even more that they added like more features to it and, and a few different like different control schemes and stuff like that. But ultimately, fundamentally, when you create a sports game, you're going to over the course of, say, four or five games hone in the control scheme right there's only so much you can do with buttons and a joystick and and gyro right true there's only so much you can do so yes over the course of multiple games you can introduce a new control scheme and 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 tailor that so that it's you know comfortable and usable but after that what do you have you have to add either story mode for it's like an individual character, like the player character. You can add um, like dynasty modes, fantasy modes, stuff like that. But again, all of that's going to be the same. What changes really is uh, the graphics, hopefully the rosters and s- some of that. But ultimately, I think I think you're right. Uh, uh, like a two year release cycle on games where they just focus on releasing updates like roster updates and stuff like that. Um, I think would make a lot of sense in regards to the sports thing, but it doesn't make as much money. That's the only downside. Yeah. I, the other uh, or argument, which I just remembered was walkabout mini golf. Now, the reason I bring that up is they can't, they give us a base game and then they started sprinkling in DLC and each DLC was like four bucks and then five bucks. And now I think they're, they're still on like that five fifty six dollar mark, so inflation is starting to jack it up a little bit. But that's 
per headset, right? So like they're making their money yeah. easily yeah. on on these courses that are taking a ton of time to develop. But I think there's 20 odd courses now with hard, so that's double. And it's a game that they keep listening to their fans. They have an active Discord that just tells you what's going on. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, they are active with the community as well. Yeah. You know, you can talk to the developers, you can if you find a problem, you can post it in there and they'll check it out. Right. Like it's uh, but that's the difference between a smaller game company and like a big, a big company like EA or, or Ubisoft. Right. You know, you'd think that they would uh, have more time and resources or, or, you know, dedicate resources for just community engagement, but really like the resources that they dedicate to community engagement is just a way to advertise right yeah um i i don't i i just hope that they start listening to their fans before the franchise like kind of blows up in their face like both madden and nhl were games i really wanted this year and both games i mean i want them every year but they're games that i like playing because i like following the sport i like I get that sport fever and I just want to like manipulate my roster, do fantasy drafts, play the story, you know, all that stuff. And I just don't feel the hype anymore. You're growing up. You're growing up. How dare you say that? (laughs) You're, you're finally figuring it out. Do you know who else needs to grow up? This episode. (laughs) How can you roll your eyes when I do that? But (laughs) you do it because I'm trying to beat you to your own jokes. Um, The fine, kind people at Disney, at Disney, at Netflix, sometimes Amazon, but mainly Disney, and in their inability to create television shows that last longer than six to eight episodes. Now, we're not going to spoil anything. We're not going to review content because we're still kind of in that whole flux of we can't do that. But we, we, what we will say is we understand that it costs money to make television shows. Mm-hmm. We get that. But you're not exactly putting the word limited series at the beginning of the title. Stop wasting our times with these six to eight episode stories. It's not fun anymore. Especially when you do such a piss poor job st- uh, like telling the story for the first six episodes and you're like, oh, the finale is episode seven. Suck on that. Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day, especially while watching Ahsoka. And uh, we're not going to like like Sean said, we're not going to go into the details of Ahsoka. But I find that with um, with especially with Marvel and the Disney shows um, or sorry, Marvel and Star Wars that, that's coming out, because those are like the big ones that people have really been wanting to watch or focusing on for the last few years is that yes, when you look at the runtime and the amount of content that we're getting eight episodes is significantly longer than if we were to get a movie, right? But you figure that movie budget or that budget for the, those eight episodes is or, or sorry, the budget that they have for the TV show is spread across eight episodes, whereas the mo- budget that they have for a movie is spread across that, say, two and a half hours. Yep. Right. And I think with movies, though, we expect that in that two hours, unless we know that it's like uh, 
a part one of two or something like that. We know that we're going to have a beginning, middle, and end. And yes, some of that stuff is going to have to go by pretty quickly. But what I've noticed with uh, a lot of these more recent shows that are coming out is that, yes, they're only eight episodes and they take, you know, two or three episodes to get the story going. Then we get kind of, okay, we get a little bit of excited and, and things are happening. And then before you know, it, it's like, oh shit, it's episode seven. So they have two episodes to finalize whatever problem that they have and then end the series or end the season. And usually, and what I noticed is like by the end of like by episode six or seven, things get so rushed because they need to, you know, you, you need to finalize or sorry, the things get so rushed because they need to finish the series in 45 minutes or an hour and a half. Right. Yeah. Boba Fett and Mandalorian season three and a half. I feel like, yeah. And, and you know what? Mandalorian season three actually was, was just really bad. Like it was so slow to start uh, a lot of, a lot of dialogue for like three quarters of the season. And then um, just, it just ended. You know, and I don't know. The worst part about season three is the fact that Pedro Pascal's heart's no longer in it. Mm-hmm. You can tell by him being like, oh, you know, I'm okay with Bo-Katan Kreese being the new Mandalorian. Mandalorian. No, we want to watch you and Grogu go on adventures. We yeah. don't care about anything else. No. So there's one outlier, though, in terms of recent Marvel and uh, Star Wars. Uh, series and that and would be, be Andor. Andor, <laughs> absolutely and that was oh, a 12 boring yeah but it, you didn't even finish it <laughs> that's because it was boring <laughs> but that was a 12 episode season so oh, think about boringness. it you're saying well, <laughs> this is why we can't have you know good strong compelling discussions here Andor. wrong <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that okay you sure about okay that? but seriously so andor though yes it was a slow burn and i know that there's a lot of uh, you know discussions like oh the first few episodes you know you get through it you got to get through the first like four episodes but i think with andor they were kind of going in a different a different a slightly different direction in that right it's it's showing the the growth and the building of the rebellion Right. So, yes, that's obviously something that didn't happen overnight. Right. Um, They really were trying to flesh out kind of like the backstory of the character. Um, And I think by the end of it, honestly, like I was so satisfied with that season. I think because, I mean, it could have been 10 episodes and then they could have cut uh, some of the stuff out. But I think. Eight episodes just isn't enough. Eight episodes is to the point where it's like we have just enough time to start a story, come up to a a problem, and then we have to end it. Twelve episodes, depending on the type of show, right? They might have more filler episodes or or, or some really like slow beginning episodes because they're like, okay, we got to stretch this out for twelve episodes. I feel like ten would be the sweet spot for a uh, you know being able to tell a compelling story, but then not make it too long. Okay, I I don't disagree, but like look at look at Loki as an example, right? We're halfway through the season or the series. We are three episodes down, three to go. 
And I don't feel like we've hit the top of the hill, you know, which means maybe the top of the hill is going to be an episode four and then it'll be like a two episode drop mm-hmm. or in true Marvel fashion. It's probably going to be the top of the hill will be episode five. Tie up all them loose ends in episode six. We have the like, I would say uh, a moderately strong show for not really going up that peak and valley was. She-Hulk, except She-Hulk kind of had like their climax in the very last episode. And then it kind of left everything open. We didn't have those opportunities in um, Ms. Marvel. We definitely didn't have it in Loki. Actually, Loki season one was, I think, the perfect burn because you assumed it was leading into a movie, which now what we're learning also like just in the real world is there's rumors out there that they're going to scrap the Kang dynasty. And if they scrap the Kang dynasty and rebuild the like secret wars to be two movies or something, Mm -hmm. the hell are you doing with Jonathan majors in this series? Yeah. But we don't, we don't know. We're not talking about it. Blah, blah, blah. Got it. It's just these small series, unless they're limited series, which you know, you're watching from start to finish to be small. They're, they're 30, they're, they're not worth your time fully, especially with the Star Wars ones where you think you're sitting down for an hour episode and it's 36 minutes. Yeah. You're like, what the f*** just happened? Yeah, it's like 36 minutes and and they have a five minute recap of the previous episode and then and then the uh, credits is another 10 minutes. Like, do you, Did you watch um, Hawkeye week by week by week by week or did you watch it in like two? I feel like you watched it in two lump sums or something. I forget. No, no, we watched it uh, really stay on each episode each week. See, to, to me, and this might be a, a controversial hot take on the scene on screen podcast, but Hawkeye was kind of perfect for me. It felt like a little buddy cop show. It had Hawkeye grit with Kate Bishop charm, but it was like a little Christmas show. It was like a little, Ooh, it was like a little appetizer. I think there was what seven or eight episodes and it was just, it's length was perfect. I mean, I, it felt like a campy Disney channel. It was the way to say goodbye to the character though. Cause like, is he coming back for, um, secret wars? Maybe. Like they're making, a, hold on, they're making a Secret Wars movie, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be boring as fuck. No, Secret Wars was great. Pick up a comic. Oh, it's the like... The TV show was boring. No, that was Secret Invasion. That oh, okay. show also sucked. Yeah, you that's what I You want to talk about a six-episode waste of time, that. There were yeah. six episodes of Hawkeye, and I personally thought Hawkeye was actually fairly well done. It was a good, it was a good goodbye. Mm. He was one of the characters that didn't get a goodbye, and I thought that was a good goodbye. Mm. I think Marvel started off strong, and as much as I didn't like uh, WandaVision and stuff like that, I mean, there was uh, a lot of positivity on online regarding that one. Uh, but I think with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that was actually a very uh, enjoyable series. Um, Again, Buddy Cop. Buddy Cop yeah, works. Yeah. Um, with... Uh, with Loki, I think we got that little bit of a buddy cop feel in the second half of season one. And season right? two started off with a bunch of fan service, which kind of pissed me off. But I'm warming up to the series again. 
Yeah. Now I'm very curious as to what they're going to do with uh, what they're going to do with season two, just because, yeah, like we know that it was supposed to lead into the King dynasty, but with a lot of stuff going on with that, who knows, right? Like we, we honestly don't know, but I mean, I think Loki is a character as well that people enjoy the character uh, and the actor as well. Right. So even if it does suck, like he's a good actor um, and why does Owen Wilson have to whisper every single line he says? Because wow. <laughs> but I, I feel like, you know, I um we're so used to the <sighs> early on like shows when they were released, like Netflix did this where they a new season or a new series would come out and they would release them all at once. Right? So uh you know it was great for people who loved a season or loved a show and then they could just binge watch the whole thing over a weekend, but it didn't do much for the, the, the numbers of subscriptions, right? So if they release something over the course of say two months and you know, you get those people that just subscribe for a month at a time to watch a, a new season of their favorite show, well, you've guaranteed to get at least two months subscription out of them for, for things like that. But I find that shows, <sighs> are a little bit more enjoyable when you don't have to end every single one on a cliffhanger. And that's, yes, that's that's what we get with a lot of these like eight episode series though, is that each episode has to end on some sort of cliffhanger for the next one. And it's like, okay, now I have to wait like a week for this. And if the episode just wasn't enjoyable to begin with you're like okay the best part was the last five minutes and it ended on a cliffhanger i'm almost tempted to just wait out like three four weeks for you know a new series and just have multiple episodes that i could watch so if it's like okay you know i like this one ended on the cliffhanger uh i want to see what happens so you're it. not the first person to say that to me. So I actually have a friend who now waits till the end of every run and watches them at the end. That way they don't have to worry about the spoil. Well, they're, they always worry about spoilers, but they don't have to worry about um, the cliffhangers, right? Yeah. One thing that I, I've noticed about Marvel too is they want to pack as many Easter eggs into every episode as possible, which is also starting to ruin the fun a little bit. Like I love checking out the references and Easter eggs and I like watching the videos. So somebody does it for me. Mm -hmm. Like the super Mario brothers movie, as an example, how many Easter eggs did you like? Oh, there it is. Like the Leo thing. Like there it is. And you're just pointing at the screen being like, Oh, I know that. I know that. I haven't had to do that really at all through Loki. Like I'm catching references and I'm picking up on things from the past. The first show that they released conditioned us to do that right with wandavision they conditioned us to look for clues what's really going on what's happening if you look at some of the like the biggest limited runs on netflix right you're talking about like um stranger things Mm -hmm. which is i know your other favorite show but that show now is like they've also set it up that you have to focus on the cliffhanger. What's going to happen? Who is Vecna? Who is Vecna's, Vecna's sister? What is this? What is that? It's all this crap. Nothing is ever easy anymore. And like, they also release episodes in lump sums. It's not just new episodes now. You get four episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. 
Does that solve the problem? No. Not really, because like there's people that still are going to sit and watch all four episodes in one sitting. Now, I, I don't mind when they release like four episodes at once because I'm not going to watch all four at once. But by the time I get to that fourth one, then the next episode, like there's always going to be like one extra episode. Like I feel like I'm behind one, one episode. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I, and I find that like what Disney's doing a lot is they're releasing um, two episodes for like the, the season premiere. Um, they didn't do that with Loki season two. I was surprised, but a lot of the times like, uh, either a series is delayed and they're like, Oh, sorry, we're going to release the first two episodes. And it's like, okay, well, why now you're just shortening the, the, um, release window of, of this series. You might as well just release all of them at once. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm of the mindset now that like any show that comes out on Netflix or, or Disney plus, I'm like, Oh, how many episodes is this? Is this going to be worth my time? Am I going to blow through this in one day? Well, that was fun. Good game. You know, just, I care so much less now. Um, what I will say though, David, before we go is this weekend's a very special weekend for us. Is it? It's the weekend before Halloween, silly. <laughs> Just kidding. I know. <laughs> Which means by the time you hear our sultry voices next week, David will be allowed to drink eggy milk all the time. I mean, I've already finished a full two liter carton in, in this month. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> after after Tuesday, let me tell you, I am I'm no longer be going to be pumping the brakes. Hey, be- I've got to get all the scary movies in now this weekend because November 1st, we watched Just Friends to start off our holiday season. And this year, we're going to take advantage and watch it absolutely as much as we can. We're going to try and enjoy the holidays as much as possible. Get in there early and just have a great time. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I want to bring up a few Halloween movies that I, I, I'm very excited to watch again this year. Um, not to mention uh, a few that I haven't seen yet. Um, I want to see that totally killer movie yet. I've been, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I've been waiting. It's the new kind of like hot tub time machine style Halloween movie starring Julie Bowen. Oh yeah. What's that called? Totally killer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I thought you were like, oh yeah, man, the totally killer movie, dude. It, it, it gives me very hot tub time machine vibes and I'm mm-hmm. for it. Um, so I'll be I'll be watching that for sure. I think we want to watch like a few classics. The new Haunted Mansion is on our slate for this weekend as well. Oh yeah. What about you? What do you what do you got going on? Um, you know what? There was what is that one on Disney Plus? I was just thinking about it. The person's got like a hockey stick. Jason? No, <laughs> no. Uh, or was it on the, the Ninja Turtles? Was it on Disney Jason Plus? Jones? No. I don't know. There was something on on uh, on Netflix or Disney Plus that was like a Halloween one. I do want to see the new Saw movie because those is things are before or after. This one is a prequel. Another <laughs> prequel? Yeah, it's uh, apparently uh, before Jigsaw becomes Jigsaw. He's got like I don't know cancer or something like that, and he goes to this place uh, that they say can cure it and. Uh, he finds out that they're 
line, and so then he kills them all. And they were like, hello, do you want to play a game? What if they said no? No, David. <laughs> no games for you. I'd be like, I don't be know. like oh, okay. Well, I guess... Uh, oh, the boogeyman. That's the one. It's on Disney, Disney Plus. The boogeyman. And the cover has someone with a it's I think this is the one that's got like a weird uh the boogeyman is a terrifying horror thriller from the mind of best selling author Stephen King. It's another Stephen King movie. Did you watch Ready or Not? Uh I don't believe so. That's the one where the girl gets married into the family and they are like a, they're a games family and they have to play a game of the night. Oh, yeah. The yeah. They play hide and seek. Oh, no. I'm thinking of games night. No, that, Jason that, Damon. That, that's just an escape room movie. That's yeah. also kind of good. Um, Jennifer's Body is another one that will probably be on our list. How about Hocus Pocus? What's your what's your feelings about Hocus Pocus? Did you see the second one? I have not, actually. It's because it's, it it's, pops up. It's a ride. It's definitely like it's different. Really? Like, is it worth watching? Uh, we we enjoyed it. It was very modernized. I feel like we both both like rolled our eyes a little bit more through it because the Sanderson sisters return. Mm. But um, to be to be truthful, my other half only saw it for the first time ever last year. Hocus Pocus. I mean, honestly, I can't remember the last time I've seen Hocus Pocus. I have watched it 100%. I've seen it a bunch of times, but uh, I I don't I don't recall seeing it any time within the last, I don't know, four years. So See, I couldn't really like, say the story. We like watching the Purge movies, and we hadn't seen the newest one yet, but it's available, I think, on either Netflix or Prime. So we'll have the ability to watch that now. Yeah. I mean, there's one in Texas. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a ton of, uh, like perfect Halloween movies that like, I'd say that people don't necessarily think of, right? Like everyone thinks of, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, Hocus Pocus, it scream Halloween, stuff like that. But when you think of it, there's like so many more, that just like Adam's family values. I mean, like it's not necessarily a Halloween movie, but again, like they're a family of dead people. <laughs> I mean, Halloween yep. town's another big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like three of those. Uh, there's pet cemetery. Yeah. That one's going to, that one's yeah. going to fucked up. Uh, the horror, the ring. What else? The Blair witch project. I mean, would that really be a Halloween project that I'd say that's more of a paranormal paranormal does paranormal count as like halloween though paranormal activity no you have a better chance with casper yeah i mean beetlejuice yeah are they i thought that they were making a are they making another beetlejuice movie yeah starring batman weird yeah um you know even things like carrie let's like carrie is it's not a scary movie. Like it's, <laughs> it really isn't like even the remake, not scary at all, but it's like one of those, like, yeah, like this is a, this is a movie that I could get behind at this time of year. You know, like I think movies in which you can, you know, potentially dress up as a character would are, are totally great Halloween movies. All right. So 
you get to you get to host movie night. It's a movie marathon. What are your three Halloween movies? My three Halloween movies. Okay, three Halloween movies. I would start off with um, The Shining. Nice, good start. A good start, right? Um, because it's that is a creepy movie, yeah. <laughs> but it's so good. Then I would go into more of a classic, uh, you know, a classic Halloween type thrasher and either go with Scream or Halloween. Oh, Scream is such a good choice. Um, Like one of those like classic things. And then, you know what I would finish it off with? I would finish it off strong with Rocky Horror Picture Show. You son of a bitch. That's where I was. I was heading in that direction. I was going to, I didn't think you were going to go that way. So I was going to start our night off with a little hocus pocus. Get, get yourself in the Halloween mood. Then I was going to, mine, mine's a little bit more fun night. And then it was going to be Hoobie Halloween. Followed by Rocky Horror Picture Show. Because you just, you can't have Halloween without Tim Curry. Now, if you're afraid of clowns, you might as well go with Rocky Horror. And it's just overall fantastic film. Really gets you. You you get you feel a little creepy. Uh, an honorable mention for me, though, is one that we actually like watching every year. Um, since it's come out, we've watched Freaky and Happy Death Day almost every year. Hmm. And Freaky is like the, the Freaky Friday one where yeah. Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton switch bodies. Yeah. It's a good movie. And you know what? Like I would say an honorable mention for me would be uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Nice. That's a good one, too. That is a very good one. But David. Uh, you know, I wish that there was a little bit more Rick Moranis in modern modern cinema. Uh, yeah. I mean, he retired for good reason, though. Yeah, no. Legitimate. Um, I'm going to say, David, this is this is it. This is the last time we're, we're going to be in an eggy milk free zone. Where this is going to be the last time until the next time where you don't hear Christmas carols in the malls. Like, I know I, I've said it before. Some people like wait all like some shopping establishments wait till the 11th. It's coming. It's coming very fast this weekend. You're probably going to see it all over the place. Welcome to the holiday season. We're happy to have you. We have some really interesting holiday content coming up, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're going to do our best to keep you guys engaged through the holiday season. Um, and just overall, be safe this weekend. Make sure you test out all your kids' candy by eating it. You know what and the thing just- is? is I'm just gonna, <laughs> on, I just want to touch on that. Again, every year I see posts, people sharing like, oh, be careful, check your kids' candy because people are giving out fentanyl and drugs. Like, come on. I was making the joke more of like, just eat your kid's candy. I know, but it's like, I've, I've been seeing all this stuff. It's like, really? Okay, first off, who in their right mind is giving out free drugs? That shit's that's, expensive. That's, I mean, <laughs> my, uh, uh, my coworker's like, oh, I love going trick-or-treating with my kids. I'm like, I love when you go trick-or-treating with your kids. <laughs> I get candy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just have fun this weekend. Be safe. Be stupid. Dress up as fun stuff. Let us know what your favorite costume you saw was. Dress up as Sean and David from the Scene on Screen podcast. Yeah. Just carry around a microphone and just tell each other that you're wrong the whole time. 
<laughs> but only one of you would ever be right. But for myself. Wow, 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 he's a very nice. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. We'll see you all in November, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.